0: Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
1: We talk about how the world is so different. We talk about the assault on truth, misinformation, disinformation. And then we look at how the media interprets it. It was just so shocking for so many people to read those tests text that came out of Fox News that showed that some of the hosts did not believe what the president was saying about the election being overturned, but they they wanted to do it anyway. It was about keeping that audience. We're seeing more of it, but attention's turned on CNN as well. Plus, we're looking to Twitter, new CEO, is Tucker Carlson going to do a show there? And Other media companies are goners in the last couple of weeks. Joining us is Dan Kennedy, media commentator and a weekly columnist for GBH News in Boston, writing about media, politics, culture, and a professor at Northeastern University. Dan Kennedy, good afternoon.
0: Hi, Arlene. Thanks for having me.
1: Dan, it's been such a time for the media, and I I meant it as I I began. I'm reading some really great truths about the media and the business of the media right now. Would you agree? I mean, there's just been this huge opening up where stuff that we kind of asked very quietly in our, our minds is just busting out all over the screens everywhere.
0: It is a time of reckoning for a number of media companies. I mean, we're seeing some fairly significant players like BuzzFeed News and Vice News uh, pretty much falling apart. And at the same time, I, I heard your introduction. You know, we've all been wondering for a long time. Uh, whether the people at Fox News actually believed what they were saying or not. Hmm. So it was bracing, to say the least, that they really didn't believe what they were saying.
1: No, they didn't. And then we asked ourselves, is this... Is this a media platform here? And and then I'm going to use this word because I just read a, a great piece on this and seeing that people are challenging. Has that been normalized? I, I was shocked. Not shocked. We wondered, as you said, but it was even worse than I thought. But have we normalized this kind of thing? We just say, I had people say to me, oh, that happens all the time. I said, no, it doesn't. And it shouldn't, Dan. Is, has there been a, a lack of a reckoning here for some time?
0: Well, uh, certainly uh, the settlement that Fox News is having to pay mm-hmm. uh, $787.5 billion suggests that we are having something of a reckoning. Uh, but at the same time, uh, even though that is a massive uh, amount of money for Rupert Murdoch to have to pay, uh, there's no sign that uh, that Fox mm-hmm. News is going to change. And uh, there's no sign that, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because mm-hmm. uh, their ratings are down quite a bit since this happened because their, their hero, Tucker Carlson, has left. Uh, but I suspect that they'll recover from this and move on. And they really haven't been telling their viewers what happened, so uh essentially, their viewers are in the dark about about uh this this existential crisis for Fox News and the truth.
1: Let me ask you though you know we're all i mean I'm in the business, so the truth mattered to me when I got into this. It was a big part of it. But we talk about the the lack of truth, and then we tie it in with the business here. And all eyes again on CNN and the town hall that went crazy. Some people making excuses, saying, "Okay, they wanted to appear more balanced." but to appear more balanced, did they disregard the truth? Did we really learn anything about that? What's at stake here, Dan? And with all your experience here studying this, what are we watching?
0: Well, I think that we tend to make way too much of cable news, and I'm not sure why we do. Mm -hmm. Um, It has always reached a niche audience. And yes, people are now going crazy over uh, the way that CNN handled uh, its event with Donald Trump. Uh, But the fact is, every day, far more people are Watching the three network nightly newscasts, uh, reading mainstream media outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Post, and uh, listening to NPR, and all of those are in themselves imperfect institutions with a lot of flaws. uh, But I think that their record of at least trying to get at the truth is pretty good, and. As I said, they're serving far more people than Fox News and CNN. Um, I think that what we end up with as an ongoing and seemingly insoluble um, dilemma is that we continue to have 30 to 40 percent of the country that's just completely enthralled to right-wing media outlets that are not dedicated at all to getting out the truth.
1: And it's a business plan, Dan, and it's yeah. one that's emulated as well, Um podcast and also YouTube videos, and it works and it makes money. And it, it, we're, there's a sense here, maybe we don't know what we've lost. You make a really good point, and I agree with you, that the power of cable is is there, but it is not all powerful. Is it because of the stridency of cable that we pay attention to it, Dan?
0: You know, somebody much smarter than I am once said that the reason that we tend to exaggerate the power of cable news is that if you go into virtually any congressional office in Washington. Um, any lobbyist or think tank office in Washington, it's on. It's just on Mm -hmm. all the time. And as a result, people really tend to connect with that. Now, you said something very important a moment ago, and it's something that completely flies below the radar of just about all of us, including me. And that is uh, what's taking place on YouTube because there are a number of independent entrepreneurial media commentators on YouTube who are dealing in all kinds of falsehoods that go way beyond anything you're going to see uh, on cable news or in the mainstream media or anything like that. And that's also true with a number of podcasts. Um, People look at you know, when people think of right-wing podcasts, they think of Joe Rogan, who I should say mm-hmm. isn't a doctrinaire right-winger by any means, but he's got these tens of millions of listeners. But you've got all these niche um, outlets as well that people are really tuning into. You know, people think—I'll give you another example—people mm-hmm. think that Alex Jones has gone away. Um Even before his current legal problems, his current self-inflicted legal problems, uh, he had been deplatformed just about everywhere. Well, you know, you can't be deplatformed from the Internet. And his Infowars website continues to draw a lot of traffic on a regular basis, and people are consuming that as well. But we've kind of stopped talking about him as being a force because he's you can't get to him through uh, any of the regular platforms. But he doesn't need those. And nobody needs those in order to have a fairly large audience anymore. And so that's one of the problems that we're having. I mentioned that mainstream media outlets who are at Mm -hmm. least dedicated to trying to get out the truth still probably command 60 to 70 percent of the public's attention, but that's only 60 to 70 percent, and they really can't get beyond that, and what you have for the remaining 30 to 40 percent are people who are just enthralled to these alternative versions of the truth that are not true at all.
1: I know, and that's from therein lies the dilemma. This phrase... Out there, that, and I think CNM was using it as a defense. We need to hear a variety of voices. If I hear that one more time, I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, it, it's not just a variety of voices, Dan. Are we not responsible? for the truth it certainly is a law here in Canada when we're speaking especially on the air the CRTC you you're responsible for what you say and also for what your guest says as well have we just thrown what people say and using that as a fake defense saying this variety of voices
0: well CNN in particular has been defending itself since its Uh, event with Donald Trump last week by saying, well, he's the leading candidate for the Republican nomination for president. We have to hear what he has to say. But the format was a totally unnecessary um, Uh and negative, uh, I should say, outrage against the viewers. Because, uh, first of all, uh, if they had, they do have to cover him as a serious contender for the Republican nomination. But they could have featured him as part of a panel of Republican candidates. There were several already. Instead, they decided to give him the stage alone. Um, they could have interviewed him alone in a room, uh, which would have taken away a lot of his natural advantages. Mm-hmm. Instead, they put him in front of a crowd of uh, what sounded like howling Trump supporters who cheered Mm -hmm. everything he said, no matter how outrageous it was. Now, there's been some reporting that suggests that uh, people in the audience were not universally pro-Trump, but they were asked ahead of time, oh, cheering is okay, but we don't want to hear any booing. So it completely stacked the deck in a way that really did a terrible disservice to the public. Because if there's one thing we know from the Donald Trump years, no matter what kind of platform you give him, if you give him a platform, it's going to work to his advantage. No matter how much he lies, no matter how much his lies are called out. I thought the moderator, Caitlin Collins, made some attempt to push back, but it was impossible because he was yelling over her and the crowd was hooting and hollering. And uh, the whole thing was just a mess. Now, you asked me that question in kind of a broader sense, and I'm giving you Mm -hmm. a narrow answer, but I think that that narrow answer says something about uh, the larger phenomenon that we're dealing with.
1: What do you say, Dan? Where's the media going here? I mean, because it was a big departure for CNN, and it wasn't an, an accident. It was it was part, perhaps, of a plan. I'm reading another story that one of the media reporters there was hauled in by management and said he was too emotional as coverage because he was criticizing it. We used to wear it like yeah, a badge it, of honor, doing you know, covering yourself and trying to be honest. And and now, is there oppression? May I say, Dan? Uh, a bit emphatic, but it it does the job in the media to tell the truth.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, CNN. To get back to CNN in particular, uh, they have been under new ownership for the last year mm-hmm. plus. Uh, they've had a new. Head of CNN, Chris Licht, who replaced Jeff uh, Zucker. And, you know, let's be honest. uh, The Jeff Zucker era was really ugly in its own way. I mean, we had three hours of anti-Trump talk shows in prime time every night. Uh, This is supposed to be, you know, the cable news network. And all we were getting was a steady stream of opinion. And uh, it was opinion that people who didn't like Donald Trump uh, enjoyed li- watching. Uh, but I don't think that was serving journalism especially well. And I don't think ultimately it was true. It was uh, serving the truth particularly well. But is
1: is, is, Another, is there always, are there are always two sides to it, though, Dan. It was quite a combustible time he was president. There was a, a lot of political things that were happening there. Is there, I mean, and you've just kind of said what I'm wondering. I mean, to me, there's not two sides to murder, if I may say. No. So, I mean, is there that equal coverage and maybe not being biased? Is that really the well, truth? Well,
0: let's have, let's have, Truthful coverage. You know, the proper Uh understanding of objectivity is a fair-minded pursuit of the truth. It has nothing to do with both sides. It has nothing to do with balance. And I think given Donald Trump's record uh, as a businessman, as a president, uh, anywhere else you want to call it, I think that a fair-minded pursuit of the truth is going to paint a pretty harsh portrait of donald trump but let's do it that way let's do it with journalism let's not do it with three hours of primetime talk show yeah, opinion night, uh, and you're dedicated you're, to yeah. just repeating the same points over and over, over and over
1: and over and after a while you're like i can't watch this <laughs> anymore yeah. it's on a loop
0: if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.
1: Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.